Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Square Ball Podcast. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors, who will do you 10% off your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan, Michael, and today Rob in for Moscow on the podcast. A quick uh, heads up that if you want to support us, get TSB Plus uh, access to all the digital copies of the mag that we've done since 2009. All these podcasts ad-free. We are rolling out ad-free video as well. Access to the match ball after a game, priority access daily email discounts on merch at the squareball.net forward slash plus have a look at that in this part of the show then we delve into what's been happening at Leeds United it's actually been quite a, a quiet week despite the misery at, uh, at Southampton we'll get onto injuries and the brilliance of Rafinha in a bit but first the newest news is all the fixture changes that have happened around the back end of November and well the entirety of December really and uh, Christmas plans up in the air they've cancelled Christmas what are we going to do about it it was cancelled by Southampton wasn't it really I think there's no point no point going on after that. <laughs> nice, uh, <laughs> nice bright start to the show for you from Michael. Thanks, Michael. Well, you know, you can get, you can buy each other presents, have a nice family meal. What difference is it going to make? It all ends up in the sea, doesn't it? In the end, anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pathetic. Uh, yeah, they've all moved, haven't they? To some random times, eight fifteen kickoff. How does it affect your Christmas and December and all the rest of it? Uh, like, I mean, like for example, there's no New Year's Day game. The Burnley game's been moved to Sunday. Should say that that the Burnley and the and the Brentford games have been moved to Sunday two o'clock kickoffs. But that's basically because both Burnley and Brentford they're playing fixtures that have been moved for telly earlier in the week. Is that right? And who wants to watch Burnley and Brentford on TV? Really? Like, why why should that affect our lives? Well, there is that, but unfortunately, it does affect our lives. Yeah. So no New Year's Day game. Are you pleased about that? I am pleased about that because it's always terrible. I'm still kind of haunted by memories of watching us in the championship against Blackburn. And I think my mate threw up on the concourse <laughs> at halftime because he was incredibly hungover, nearly missed the bus, the bus to the game and then thought he needed a, a lukewarm burger to sort him out at halftime. I can't, I can't think anything work. else than that, that smell of fried onions. I, mean, I said on a podcast before that that smell of fried onions when you're walking down the low fields to go under the tunnel to go under the motorway. That's when I always know I'm home. That's the, the smell that I most associate with football. And whenever... I smell frying onions anywhere from like a food truck or whatever. It always takes me back to Lowfields Road, but it's absolutely awful smell. I, like, <laughs> I really like fried onions, but there's times when I've got a, when, you know, when my unhungover stomach is churning because of pre-football nerves and I smell that and I go, Bleh. so I can't think how that sort of smell, fried food, those cardboard burgers, how that's going to help somebody who's uh, severely hungover. It was a pretty horrendous day. It was freezing and everyone just sort of, created a circle around us of space on the concourse which I guess was nice but it was sick there yeah what was the result in that one Uh, somebody came and and cleaned it (laughs) hey very good I mean the the 12.30 kickoff in Liverpool on Boxing Day is a bit it's a bit bit early it's it's a double edged sword isn't it because on the one hand it is too early and it means we'll have to get up and if you you go into it you're going to have to travel across otherwise we'll be coming in here to watch it presumably I mean with the best will in the world really want to spend Boxing Day with you guys. Sorry. Well, Mind bit, you, gets me out of the house. I was going to say, <laughs> I think by that point, 
you're kind of ready for an excuse to to get out, aren't you? Normally, so. But it gets the misery out of the way earlier. That is true. Are you suggesting we won't beat Liverpool? I've got a feeling, based on the evidence so far this season, that it's going to be uh, a difficult ask. Yes, uh, that that is very true. I mean, looking through the December fixtures, it's not it's not good o- overall, is it? I mean the the Man City game that's eight pm on BT Sport now. I think was that always on the Tuesday? I can't remember if that's just moved like. That might have moved like 15 minutes or something, that one. Right, okay. Is that, I guess I'm just looking at the Amazon. When have Amazon got the uh, the ones this season? Because last time it was mid-December, like mid-January, wasn't it? They had their round of fixtures. I don't know. It, this, it's all carved up the TV, isn't it? There's Amazon and BT and Sky and all the rest of it. Um, I, was, I will say the Premier League have completely shat on a load of people here, though, because they should have announced this, I think, over a week ago. And they've, they've delayed and delayed it till they've got to this point. And people have booked flights and hotels and all sorts of stuff. And then they just throw it all up in the air which is what Rob's mate did <laughs> so yeah it's kind of it's kind of crap for people isn't it that you end up having all these things moved around obviously for us living locally it's not the end of the world and because we don't have lives anyway because we've got wives and kids it doesn't really matter does it <laughs> Rob, Rob's <laughs> speak to yourself yeah. <laughs> I've not I've no real nights out planned uh, around any of this although Leeds Arsenal on a Saturday evening will be will be lively I imagine what town's going to be like on that particular evening and morning yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, it'll be an old day, won't it? The old AFD there. Yeah, that's well, that's the last Saturday before Christmas, isn't it? I imagine we'll all be very, very well behaved. I mean, it's Arsenal, so they've, they've got a nice a nice group of lads, haven't they? Mild them. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a few of them yelling at, t- yelling at TVs and stuff, but uh, probably at Ellen Road there won't be any of those people, so it'll be, uh, it'll be, it'll be calm enough, I would think. Crystal Palace one as well, kicking off at 8.15, means a very, very late finish. You looking forward to the match ball on that one? Uh, Yeah. God, I didn't even think of that. Because yeah. it's, it's probably going to be cold, I assume, by that time. Mind you, global warming's knackered everything, hasn't it? It'll probably be about 20 degrees. I'm, I'm hoping the seas do take us after the week <laughs> the week we've had. Hopefully it'll be enough to get the season abandoned. <laughs> just praying for that tsunami to come in. Exactly. Just wash it all away. Admittedly, it's got a fair way to get to reach Leeds, probably. It'll be, um, probably be, there'll probably be bigger issues in the country if Leeds starts to flood. It's funny, isn't it? Because you would sit there and go, oh, I can start to plan my Christmas now and look forward to this and I'll get this evening with my mates and we'll have some beers at this one. But because we lost to Southampton, none of it, <laughs> absolutely none of it looks appealing whatsoever. I don't I don't want to do it. It'll be fine, won't it? Guess so. Probably. Well, we're in that football's terrible uh, mindset. Under 23s, what's happened to them? They've totally leads it in, haven't they? I, I was looking forward to watching that last night and then it, it didn't get broadcast. Apparently, they can't broadcast 23's fixtures if it clashes with a Premier League game and I think it's probably for the best that we weren't able to watch that in the end because we went 2-0 up early on after 36 minutes and then lost 4-2 in the end. Mm. Um, I was looking at the club's Twitter account today and they played it quite well because they tweeted the team. They tweeted some pictures of Amari Miller after he scored and then it was full-time 4-2 defeat, <laughs> which I think... Read the room well there. Don't, I mean, uh, 36 minutes after the uh, after Greenwood scored, I mean, I am saying, put Jackson in and play the kids full-time. Play the younger kids, the under-18s. <laughs> never mind this lot. Yeah, it's not gone well, has it, this week? But um, I suppose it's nice that we scored twice. Well, one of the things that we didn't cover on um, over on Propaganda was about Rafinha coming back in. Would you have put him in on the bench against Southampton just in case? Just as an option, because then, you know, if you need 10 or 20 minutes out of him, I know they, they wanted to avoid the risk of injury. And we're saying this with the benefit of hindsight. But all that said, would you have benched him? It seemed odd to rush him back to not, was what I thought. Because he was, they, he was they in they the, put him on a fancy in, plane as well, didn't And they? he was in the stadium, wasn't he? Yeah. So, you know, is he 
There were lots of Leeds fans in the stadium, but would you have put those on the bench? Well, no, but he's, you know, he's just proved himself to be the best player in the world like 48 hours before. So, yeah, I must admit, given the strength of the bench as well, I would have had him on there because, you know, were we really ever going to bring Kjelder on? Was he going to be an option at any point? I mean, so Rob touched on this in propaganda, like the notion that Bielsa considers everybody equal in the first team squad, the, the, the 23, if you like. It's not necessarily all that true, is it? No. You have to do a lot to clear that hurdle as an under-23. He has himself spoken about the hierarchy as well, which kind of dispels that notion. I mean, he said it with uh, Shackleton in the summer. He's a, he's a year older, so he's moved up in the in the hierarchy. So yeah, I mean, maybe it would have helped to have Rafinha there, but I, I mean, you've travelled back from South America. How are you feeling after that? Like? <laughs> I don't think I did it on such a fancy plane. I mean, yeah, this, this plane had bedrooms on, didn't it? Did yours? It did not, no. And it had it chickens yeah. on it and stuff like that. We sat on a crate. I mean, it was a it was a genuine it was a genuine a proper, real plane. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'd have had him on for twenty minutes just to do something because no one did anything in that game. Given how well he played for Brazil as well, and you think he might be uh, riding the crest of a wave, like he was piss-takingly good for Brazil. And Neymar is now his best mate, and he'd have had to fly back with Fabinho or whatever, trying to get him to move to Liverpool. So maybe uh, we should have just got him on the pitch in a lead shirt and just let him. Prove a point. I guess that the problem is though the tendency is that you might think, well, we'll put him on after forty-five minutes because it's been so woeful, mm. and then you do risk an injury. So I don't know. Uh, I'm sure they do. They'll probably do assessments, won't they? Too. Do you mean are you suggesting there's, there's science behind this? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't want a Warnock Byram situation, do you? Where you just you just go, he's our best player. He plays regardless, yeah. and then you. I know. I know. It felt like the world was collapsing on Saturday when um, when Southampton beat us, and we were so woeful. But there is a bigger picture here, and that is that. You know, we'd rather have him against Wolves than not, and then for the rest of the season. Although, are you prepared to injure Phillips and Rafinha at the back end of the season, assuming we're safe, so they can't go anywhere? <laughs> oh, for that, I thought. I thought when you started asking that, I thought you were going to say, "If we need the wins, are you prepared to risk them?" And it's the end towards the end of the season. No, no. And I was going to say, "Oh, maybe," but yeah, I mean, to like, stop them being sold. If we can't have them, no one can, and we break them. It does seem a bit spiteful. <laughs> but that was. That was the thing with waking up every morning after Rafinha had played for Brazil and checking my phone and then being like, ah, oh, just just one assist is fine. Just just one goal is fine. Stop being brilliant all the time. Show off. It's just, you know, we talked about Rafinha a couple of weeks back on the podcast, maybe about three weeks ago, and we said he's brilliant, but on the evidence, you wonder if he's just at the elite level just yet. Because I think this was based on maybe just his decision-making in crucial moments. You saw like, uh, in Premier League games this season where you'd hope for just a slightly better shot or, you know, whatever it might be, just those marginal things. And I think he's obviously completely put that argument to bed because he's tearing it up for Brazil. And maybe he just needs better players around him. Well, Neymar absolutely loves him already. He's played the game against Uruguay when they were both starting together. You could see he just absolutely fell in love with him. And even the rest of the Brazil team, for the first 10 minutes or so, they were always passing to Neymar, always down the left side. And then as they started to pass to Rafinha more, he did great things and it was like they started to realise like oh shit he's really good let's keep giving the ball to him instead um, which I think helped Neymar in the end and I think that's probably why they um, seem to enjoy each other's company so Yeah there seems to be like a school of thought that football's gone so tactical that players who can just kind of knock it past a man and beat them are, are almost a rarity these days particularly in Brazilian football but he's uh, he, he's brilliant isn't he <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to fall in love because I think we know how, how this probably ends but I am just trying to enjoy him while he's here and I know that's a really pragmatic and unromantic way to look at it but he is brilliant and let's enjoy him while he's doing it for us well we're currently putting together the let's say we me and you have nothing to do with it Dan other people are currently putting together the square ball calendar out there and yeah. um, two calendars actually which will be available soon you'd hope, before the end of the year 
But um, I, did, I think, was it you that flagged up that Rafinha was... Rafinha's in December. In December. And you're like, mm. I'm even a bit sceptical about Phillips being in July. God. <laughs> it's not, I mean, that was the tradition of the, the official club calendar, wasn't it? That you'd have like Ross McCormack there in October while he's playing for Fulham or whatever. And it was, I guess, we're, we're sticking with that, sort of. We definitely did this recently as well when there was um, there was definitely a calendar where we we'd sold someone by the time the page came around. I can't mm. remember. I mean, this year we've we've had Pablo and stuff, but I mean, Pablo's timeless now, isn't he? he doesn't he? He can always have a place on the calendar yeah. for me. It's funny, isn't it? I think I, mean, I spoke over on propaganda about the nihilism that consumes me when when Leeds lose, and I think a lot of people share that they just hate the whole thing. Football's the worst sport in the world, and I think like having watched Newcastle and just the. I think I described it as like hyper-realism, the madness of everything that's gone on there and like all the Geordies running around in like the headgear and waving Saudi Arabian flags, which is mental to my eyes. Just made me hate football over the weekend. Started by Leeds, seeing all that. Ant and Deck sat there in front of Amanda Stavely and, and I know it's it's wrong to shame someone for their, their appearance, right? But she does look a bit strange. There's no getting away from it. She's you know got a, an odd look about her because of the, the work she appears to have had done. So... And just it, it all felt very, very hyper real mm. on Sunday with Newcastle, and just knowing that you we're going to probably have to sell our best players at some point just made me think, what's the point in any of this? <laughs> there was a comfort to having Luke Varney and not having to worry about Deco yeah, trying no, to sell no, him. To nobody Liverpool wants him. Like yeah, exactly. Right. Stinking the place out, can't get rid of him. He's ours. <laughs> it turns out it was for the best. But it is, it's true. It's like, well, I can't fall in love with these players because it just feels like they're going to leave me and hurt me again. And we've been here too, been hurt too many times before. Not got a Brazil shirt with Rafinha on then. I didn't. No, no. And I'd look ridiculous in a Brazil shirt. I'm far too old, <laughs> far too old for that. Um. Anyway, let's talk about the injuries and Calvin Phillips because uh, he was out. Although it's looked like his was his shirt laid out in the dressing room ahead of Southampton. I did see photographs. Was that of- as a mark of respect because he's injured and never going to play again? Uh, but at least he can't leave us then, can he? That's true. That's true. I mean, he seems to have a calf problem and a hip problem. Which is a bit worrying. That's two problems. Mm. They're joined together, according to, according to Bielsa. Yeah, so, well, they are. Which is undeniable. Part yeah. of the leg. Have you ever heard of the leg? Uh, yeah. The whole leg system. The leg unit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, you, are you the finishing coach and you're the physio? Is this how it's <laughs> yeah, musculoskeletal stuff. Is, is that, my, is that, is that yeah. a body problem you've got? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the hard kicking that you do talk about, Michael, does happen via the leg unit. It, t- so. it takes a strain on the all the muscles of the leg as well, in the bones and the tendons, the cartilage. What would you do to, to sort out his, uh, what's he got, a calf and a, what's the other bit? Uh, his hip. Hip. And strengthen him. How? Just exercises. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you which ones. <laughs> Go on. Just um, give us a hint. Hip, hip dips. <laughs> yeah. I do, I'd have him doing the hip dips and the, um, <laughs> the calf, the calf expansions. Uh-huh. I'll fix it, will it? That's what, that's how, how soon will he be back? Uh, it depends how many hip dips he does. Let's say he does four. I'd have him doing, uh, just do the maths, uh, six sets of eight is what he needs to do. 48. On the on the hip dips. Yeah. And then it'd be good as gold after that. Yeah, what happens if he does 47? Just the bench. Yeah, well, it, it might end his career if he does that. Oh, okay. Follow the, it's like when you get a prescription medicine, yeah. you, you take your full course. You don't, you don't have less, you don't have more. Mm-hmm. You do exactly as prescribed, yeah, and then it'd be fine. Excellent. How is your new personal training business? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'm getting a lot of hip dip work because most <laughs> most people don't know about them. Right. Um, just well, just to extend what we're talking about, you know, Bamford's got an, an ankle problem, which is also part of the 
leg unit. Yep. What about? What, what, what's he doing? What's wrong with it? And how would you fix it? Because um, uh, Bielsa said he's got a problem with his ankle, which we inf- which we informed previously, and his recovery is subject to the evolution of the injury. If I anticipated a date, it wouldn't be because I have arguments to do so, because the evolution we have to control is on a day-to-day. D- does that mean they're seeing every day what it's like and judging it? Is that what he means? Probably. Right. He's got chubby ankles, that's what I'm... Is that the... And he looks... Therefore, looks bad in a heel. Right. So what, what you said, put him in flats and that'll... Put him in flats for yep. now. Uh-huh. Uh, and he can work up to the stilettos again. Yep. <laughs> great. <laughs> I didn't expect any of this to be... It's good. Oh, great. To, be, great. to be coming, to be honest. Uh, but let's talk about... Um, oh, God, that's more... <laughs> Ailing's had surgery. Do you, know, do you know what he's had surgery on? Um, his knee. Right. <laughs> also part, part of the of, leg. Yeah. yeah, part of the leg system. So you, you've got a dicky knee, so you'll, you'll know about knees. Yeah, I've not been able to fix mine yet. Yeah, what's wrong with it? Uh, the, the cap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cap's uh, it's loose. Got a loose cap. <laughs> just needs it. Yeah. I'm gonna have it tightened up. <laughs> is that what Ailing's got? Yeah, he's had it. He's had it taken off. Um, they're blown in it like a SNES cartridge, <laughs> and then they're gonna. Sc- <laughs> That's a nice reference to the kids. Then they're gonna put it back on, and it, yeah. it's all gonna be. It's gonna load. It's gonna load fine now. Yeah. No problems. Excellent. And uh, cox surgery, the old cox surgery. That was the pubis, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's had all. Is, its... is the pubis classed as part of the leg unit? I know it's attached. to It, it. was rebellious before, wasn't it? Yeah. It's it's had all that knocked out of it. Okay, they've shaken it, given it a little, yep. a little word in its ear, mm-hmm. the ear of the pubis. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks for that. So when's he back? Oh, not for a while. Right, a few okay. weeks. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon so. Um, what do we need to do just to make sure that he's all right? Blowing, blowing his pubis. Okay. <laughs> really? Same. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Works for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, Michael. Uh, appreciate your input. No worries. Thank God we've got Phil Hay to offer us a voice of reason this week because it's been a tough week. Although Phil has been saying we look a little bit lost without Rafinha um, playing for us, which I think we noticed. I need Phil to give me some optimism and be more level-headed and be a bit more measured in his analysis. I don't know if he's getting uh, dispirited then I am worried he's not he's fine he's happy and you can find that the article uh, about Rafinha on The Athletic this week plenty more stuff as well there's a great interview with Dave Hancock who's our former physio which uh, sheds a bit of light onto his world and all the stuff that he did when he was at Leeds before he was rudely taken by Chelsea how dare they uh, theathletic.com forward slash the square ball if you want to sign up with our 50% discount that's 30 quid for the year for all that brilliant insight loads of great football writers and of course, we bring you the Phil Hay show later on in the week where Phil will tell us that everything's going to be all right. I'm sure of it. Theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. We preview Wolves. Now then, football at the weekend. Mm. <sighs> Still doing that, are we? Why can't we have another lockdown for a bit? <laughs> give, me a, give, me, give me a week off or something. It's really not that bad, is it? We won one game ago, and for yeah. some reason, I feel so incredibly miserable. <laughs> Think of how you felt after Watford. There was so much optimism then. I know there was. I know. Oh dear me. Well, they had a good win against Aston Villa. They were two 0 down after eighty minutes, and then one uh, deep into injury time. It's echoes of what we did down there uh, a couple of years back. That which is funny. They've had three wins on about on the bounce after three defeats on the bounce at the start of the season. So are they getting their act together, or mm. are they just unpredictable? I mean, they won 1-0 at Southampton. Right. So, does that mean we lose 2-0? I don't think we can uh, invoke the playground rules yet on this. Okay, fair enough. What do you know about Wolves, Rob? Not a lot. They're a bit of a, they were really horrible to play last season. I think I can't actually remember what happened at Molyneux. It seems like a game that's just been blanked out of my memory. What did happen? I think Was we lost... Was it on Triore scored? Did Barry Douglas score against us? <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, be. that free kick, wasn't it? Yeah. Keith Curl grabbed our striker by the face. It was horrible. Horrible business. Now, what did happen? Genuinely. Are we going to have to look this up? Oh, we <laughs> lost to him. Triori so, scored a goal from the edge of the box, didn't he? That's where it came in off Melier's Ah, head, yes, it was it? the deflection off yes. Melier, of course it was. So that was unfair. So that, that oh, was count. Were we all right in that game up to a point, actually? <laughs> we were. They were both fairly frustrating games against them last season, is what I remember. We They, they kind of blocked us out fairly adequately and then mm. very stodgy wasn't it mm. which is a bit of a worry given we've coming out off the back of a Southampton game which they just kind of frustrated us and did similar things um, I was kind of optimistic to see that who scored say they're very strong at coming back from losing positions because I thought well we won't go ahead that's fine but then further down from that is that they're strong at uh, protecting the lead so I'm not really sure what we're meant to do, do we, are we meant to score first or second I don't really get hey, it quiz question for you Who's, who is Wolves' boss it's a uh, Eddie Large's brother, isn't it? Bruno. Ah, yes. Bruno Large. Who, has, who else has he managed? <laughs> It'll be some Portuguese teams. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> Somewhere it? George Mendes has some players. I'm, I'm hoping for um, the Bielsa foreign manager uh, rule to be invoked here in that much like uh, Cisco, who was at Watford, this guy hasn't really coached against Bielsa much in the last couple of years, therefore doesn't quite know what to do. Bielsa outfoxes him and we win I think we just need to see a response a, a, a response a, we just do need to see a, an improvement and a, ideally a win but I mean if it's anything like Southampton it's going to be pretty toxic I would say in uh, yeah, which, which, which we've not had to experience in I, a long while see I think I think the crowd is still behind this team and they'll get a lot of backing from the off here because I think let's not translate online anxieties into what it's like inside the stadium because the two are never directly comparable but I know what you mean there is a creeping sense of at some point the crowd not necessarily will turn but I think the anxiety will start to take over I think it'll certainly start loud won't it but in uh, Victor Orta's big interview in Spain last week he was talking about how in England we don't whistle the players it just murmuring and he said that's even worse for a player to deal with <laughs> and, you, and you can see it at the weekend where it's going to start out lo- uh, very loud but if leads don't start well those murmurs are going to creep in again. It's going to be that kind of atmosphere. Mm. So I think we do just need to, to start really well and hopefully get a goal. Yeah, because I thought, I thought when um, we played Watford, and I think I said this on the podcast at the time, it felt like there was a little bit more of, a, after the initial singing, there was more of a, a business-like demeanour about the crowd of kind of, okay, we've, we've backed you, now let's get on with it. Um, and it was a little bit flatter as a, as a result of that. And I think we'll probably experience something similar against Wolves. Just if start off, the backing will be there, but that little creep, that little demand for a performance will... Yeah, it's if we're a goal down and, you know, you can hear the the tutting and sighing as Tyler Roberts comes off the bench or whatever and people are just like, oh, this again, this same old thing that doesn't work. Last yeah. thing, the team sheet will make a big difference as well, won't it? You'd, you'd yeah. presume Rafinha comes back in, whether Phillips is fit, I don't know, but I think just having Rafinha there, if he's as confident and as brash as he usually is, that, that'll sort of transmit to the crowd, hopefully. It's a shame we didn't get the chance to capitalise on his momentum from Brazil against Southampton because he must have been feeling like a million dollars on that flight home thinking I've had a great time and then he's come and sat in the stand at St Mary's and watched that shower of shine <laughs> yeah it must be fairly fairly demoralising I mean they they seem to play one up front as well the Wolves don't they Jimenez is down the middle so hopefully I think that means we'll be able to go back to back to playing our normal defence but whether or not that in, still entails strike playing as a the Calvin role or something which I just hate Every time Calvin's not there, I just don't like watching it. It's yeah. just it, it, it does feel like so much hinges on that. It really does. Yeah, like, I know we have won games. Like there was the the three 0 at Villa last year, which was one of our best wins. Was without Phillips there, but it felt like a bit of a weird game in that respect. It was it's a, almost an outlier in the data in that it's a game where we played very well without him. Mm. 
and it's who else is fit as well because like you know looking at their strengths um attacking down the right is one of the one of their the hallmarks of their style of play which is against potentially Dallas or Furpo who knows although we were we were really worried about like Traore last year I seem to remember and he didn't really get much of a sniff against us did he apart from the goal <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but that was, yeah, but he cut inside and twatted it from miles out and, that, and got lucky. But I mean, like in terms of that sense that oh my god, he's going to have the the beating of someone yeah. on the wing and get to the byline and just cause havoc for us. It didn't really pan out like that because we, I think we played better in midfield against them last year. Or maybe I'm misremembering it. I don't know. I think we still scarred from Traore. Was it when he was at Burra and we mm. were in the Championship and he just dribbled from one end of the pitch to the other? But I don't know. Is he actually that good? Mm. He's, he's had such an up and down career it seems sometimes mm. he's just banging form and is impossible to stop and then other times he seems really out of form and people can't quite believe that he's getting linked with these massive money moves yeah I know when we've been linked with him in the past when you when you see Wolves fans some of them are saying if we can get 40 million for him absolutely mm. snap your hand off because he's, he doesn't do it most weeks but I think there's there's undoubtedly a physical element to him because he's such an absolute specimen when you see him glistening before a game with his with his oiled up arms and you do think how on earth can we stop him? But then, many games he just he is just stopped because he's maybe not as good a footballer as as um, you kind of expect him to be. But mm. still, can cause us a lot of problems. I'd rather not be playing against him. Be interesting to see how we set up against them because they seem to be playing at like a three four three. And again, we're doing tactics here, which is terrifying. And we obviously play one up front, which does tend to give them spare people. Oh, non up front, we've experimented with <laughs> in, in recent weeks. But it does mean that hopefully we might have a of a better grip of midfield <laughs> I don't know depends who's there doesn't it we've, we've tended to fare okay when we've played against teams with, with three at the back like you look what we did to Newcastle and it wasn't until Newcastle switched to a four that they really got to grips with us like because we had loads of people running from deep so I'm I'm optimistic it will help in that respect if Rodrigo gets to touch the ball as well unless Bamford's fit but it doesn't sound like he will be or I mean would you bring him straight back into the team Bamford I think most people's opinion of Rodrigo right now even after two decent games against uh, West Ham and Watford, I think most people would put Bamford straight back in. I just in. want a goal from him. If, if Rodrigo came out and scored in the first half an hour, I think it would help him and everybody a great deal. This is getting back into coaching, but he's he's not really, he doesn't tend to be stood where goals are scored, I think is a lot of his problem. Mm. He does come very deep, like he does play that false nine, doesn't he? Yeah, often he does, he does something good, but then he'll like lay the ball out to the wing, but then... There's no one in there to There's receive There's no one it. in there. To, there's, <laughs> he needs to be in two places at once sometimes, which is not necessarily his fault. But it's. Um, I just. I feel like maybe it's because he's doing unselfish things and playing in the style he's been told to. But he just feels like he's. He's not like he's missing loads of chances or even being in the areas for them. It seems mainly he's just doing other stuff. Mm, he didn't have any supply, did he, against Southampton? As we no, as we kind of touched on. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How do you think this is going to go? It's almost impossible to know without knowing who's going to play, isn't it? Like, yeah, I, guess, I guess we'll figure out later in the week. when Because I did, I did predict a win against Southampton, but then I did see the team and think... Absolutely no chance here. When I saw it, and you can confirm that it's not it's not um, me rewriting history. There, no. I did I did say off, and I don't think you take any pride in it either. No, <laughs> I was like, look at that. We are not going to win this game. It just felt like that to me. With when you saw the the amount of shuff, reshuffling that had to be done, the good quality players that were out. But mm. I suppose I'd go the same again if if Phillips and Rafinha play. I think we've we've a fair chance of winning it. If they don't, if either or don't, I think we're probably going to struggle. Mm. Rob, tell yeah. me, tell me we're going to win. Um, come Saturday you'll think we're going to win it's fine mm. I'm pretty terrified right now <laughs> admittedly but I think as you get close to the game I'll uh, yeah we'll do them it's fine I mean looking down the fixtures we were talking in uh, in the first part of uh, the weekly show about you know the movement and stuff there's actually only really I don't know what 10 12 fixtures a season where you think oh, we'll get nothing out of that we look at these and this is a game where we can get something out of it that's the the great hope isn't it this is the one where we turn it on or at least be bloody competitive because we weren't against Southampton, were we? No, I think that was the shock in that game was that we were not... You can accept losing games, can't you? It's, you know, it's part and parcel of it, but to have been as bad as we were was a bit of a... It was a bit shocking, actually. I think we're not used to seeing Bielsa teams be so uncompetitive, are we? Even in games where we've had a bit of a hiding, we've also had good spells. There was just nothing in that where it was that you could look at and, and think, well, we can, we can build on... X, Y, and Z. It's like the best thing to build on was like Melier did all right. I think Jamie we, Shackleton didn't. We did, but we didn't even get a hide. We didn't even get a hiding, did we? It was one way traffic, but we didn't get a hiding. I think that was the because they're not that great though, right? And that was the in some ways that was the more dispiriting bit because right. you could tell they weren't even very good and still had the absolute run of us for the day. Well, I'm I'm happy to predict a win if we get Rafa back in, which you assume he will be. I think if we get Rafa and Phillips in there, we win. One of them, we draw. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I've been predicting wins and we've been losing, so I'll just I'll just go back to my old ways. Losing, losing. Have you bet against Leeds yet this season? Mm, There's no, no value in it, is there? Really? No, nah, not really anymore. In the Championship, we were always favourites for every game, whereas we're probably quite rightly nailed on for relegation now. <laughs> <laughs> Cheer up! <laughs> no, we are about seven to one. What for relegation? Okay. Have you bet on that yet? Not yet. It's although I should probably get on it because it's only going one way. <laughs> oh. Michael, <laughs> no. come on! It'll be fine, won't it? It'll course it fine. will. Course it'll be fine. I, the thing is, I, I am still, generally speaking, of the opinion that we will be all right this season. I just don't think you, it, you don't sound convinced. It's just shaping up to not be comfortable. Which I, I guess, I, at the start of the season, I thought maybe we wouldn't be as good as last season, but I thought we would be a nice, steady thirteenth, fourteenth. But that option still exists to us. We can, we can go fourteenth with a win. We can, and we need to. I think we need to, in, or thereabouts. Remember that, you know, it's not so long ago we were saying how great Llorente was and we still got Rafinha and Dan James is, I think he's looked useful-ish in his performances yeah. so far, which is which is very faint praise, I do realise. But he's looked 
fine. Not as good as a central midfielder would have looked for 25 million quid, but there's not much we can do about that now. I mean, as the expert coach in this setup, what would you do to deal with Traore? Would you chuck sand on him to make him more grippable? Possibly. Put the um, gloves on the defenders. Which, what got. kind of gloves? Um, Marigolds? Cover them in fairy liquid to cut through the grease. You think so? Mm-hmm. If you get get him a good get some lather on him early yeah. doors to get that <laughs> get that oil off. Are you are you going to be out and there then... with soap up a Damatrayora? Don't see why not. It'd be sexy if nothing else, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, it bloody would be. <laughs> Tell you that for nothing. Uh, as long as Liam Cooper doesn't do it, because that'd ruin it. Why? I don't know. It just, just doesn't hold the appeal for just you. Just my type. Who would you rather do it? Um, I mean, Furpo's going to be likely on that side of the. Picture, I think Jamie Shackleton would create the spectacle. You think because of the because of the size difference, I think that'd be what it, it creates some weird. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. It, um, it sounds like we're going into a world of niche bookmarks. <laughs> potentially, yeah. Um, maybe just maybe just leave him oily. Yeah, uh, kick him. That's <laughs> the old fashioned way. Yeah. Do it the old fashioned way. Just boot him. Rob, who would you like to see oil up? Uh, sorry, cut through the grease. Of a diamond trail, right? Well, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Actually, uh, there's going to be an article on the blog. About yeah, this. yeah, we'll do a ranking. Um, who should we have? Who's we don't really have. A, I mean, it's a job for Matthias Click, isn't it? Really, mm. that probably sounds like mm. up his wheelhouse. Yeah, he might pull his hair or something. Click. He, he, like, mm. he does again. Like Michael, we're getting into niche bookmarks. <laughs> he, he likes a bit of an it's unusual spitting wind on him. <laughs> What were we talking about that the other week? There's some spitting talk the other week. You can tell we've lost and we're all trying to avoid the bleakness. Consuming this, can't we? It, it, is, is being spat on avoiding bleakness? I'm not sure. Well, it depends what you're into, doesn't it? It does. And that, and that ladies and gentlemen, is your wolf's preview. Spitting on dogs. All right, hang around and we'll hear from the Levi Solicitors Ultras in a bit. In Heroes and Villains, I promise. I mean, not to say it's been a poor week for Leeds United, but yes, <laughs> they are nominated as heroes. We are really grateful for the support of Levi Solicitors on the podcast. They'll do you 10% off your legal fees on all sorts of legal services. They do loads of stuff, personal law and business law as well, from wills and probate to professional negligence to property disputes and many, many other things. Full details on the website, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball to redeem your 10% discount on your legal fees. Doing heroes and villains now, then, in uh, part three of the show. First, the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. And I imagine this one could go on for a while, if we're not careful. I mean, loads of nominations. We open this up, by the way, we should say, to the TSB Plus subscribers who give us their feedback on uh, what's happened in the last seven days. And there's been quite a lot of bloodletting with this one. I mean, the general theme is pretty much everything involved connected to Leeds United. Let's let's get in on Moscow, first of all, because he's not here. So let's (laughs) chuck him under the bus. As we mentioned at the start of Propaganda, he has been referred to HR for performance review, given his uh, his silence for the first six to seven minutes of the, the match ball against Southampton. Sat on his phone like an ungrateful teenager being taken out for a meal. And Joe asks, where was his positivity? Which is right. I feel like he had a bit, but I think he knew it wasn't. He knew, <laughs> he knew now wasn't, now's not the time. <laughs> the majority of us in here were sad and wanted to be reminded of how sad we were. Right, um, that's enough of him. So... Let's get, um, well, the whole club has kind of been, the whole team, the whole club has been singled out by a number of people, including Aidan, Phil, Anthony, Craig, Ryan, Sazzy, uh, and then some of the individuals. Should we pick them out? Should we uh, go on the attack against Marcelo Bielsa? Should we go on the attack against Rodrigo? Uh, how about Rafinha? How about Tyler Roberts? How about the midfield? How about Radrazani? How about, who's the Dallas swapper? Uh, the Dallas swapper is, yes, um, 
that's uh, nominated by Philip saying whoever's swapped him for a replica without the batteries in. And, is- and Tite as well for playing Rafinha in all three Brazil games. Should have left him out against Uruguay, shouldn't he? Never mind what your nation's hopes are. They've already qualified. Why bother? Why mm. do this to us? I mean, the, the Brazil did get um, a, a nomination as well just for saying, sending him back. So um, sending him back late like a newly divorced dad for getting the custody arrangements. <laughs> Nice of Watford to get a nomination as well for making us look like Barcelona circa 2013 from Steve. Yeah, they lift your expectations and then they dash them again. What did Radrazani get the, the nomination for? It was Carl uh, for the, the foreshore tweet. Still still echoing down the weeks, isn't it? That one, three at the back, got picked out by Paul. Uh, again, we lose our shape when we're playing this formation. Yeah, agree. Don't like it. Rodrigo did get a quite a weight of nominations. One, two, three, four, five, seven people nominating him there. Uh, words, uh, sinking feeling, the ever, ever cheery sinking feeling, uh, suggests he was an, an absolute waste of money to quote those uh, those words. And Hilton Crowther there, um, not his real name, I imagined, um, <sighs> did did dub him Rodrigo Morrison. Oh. Morris, Mor- like Steve Morrison. Mm, yeah. Uh, oh. Always puts a shift in, which is very, very harsh given what we saw from Steve Morrison. But I guess, is there a parallel there? It's, yeah, kind of a top earner. I mean, Jack's not happy here. Either. Look at this. What a fucking waste of time, money, and keeping Joffy on the bench for 70 odd minutes too long or whatever it was. And, and Riley suggesting it's getting harder to stand by him week by week. Like a <laughs> like an errant boyfriend who's who keeps uh, misbehaving. I think it's one of the... To go back to the Morrison comparison, I get the feeling with Rodrigo, he seems like, he seems like a nice guy. And so... It's harder to hate him. Whereas Steve Morrison, you just looked at his Millwally face and you just thought, oh, God, just, even the sight of him sort of drained me. Whereas Rodrigo, I think, ah, oh, looks like a nice chap. Mm. The content seemed to go both ways with Morrison. It felt like he hated us as much <laughs> yeah. as we hated him. I don't think Rodrigo's reached that point just yet. Although if he, if he gets as many nominations <laughs> going forward, maybe that will change. I think that's the thing where really kind of weird, uh, I don't know, no man's land of desperately wanting them all to succeed as a kind of a carryover from the promotion in that we, we all feel very emotionally invested in this and hugely so in Bielsa. And yet we're now being forced to confront their shortcomings and the things that they're not doing so well. I think with Rodrigo, it's starting to feel a little bit like it's got £5 million return to his former club at the end of the season written over all over it because the people will be like well, well I suppose we'll have him back we'll see what you've done to him um, mm. I don't know it, it needs to click pretty soon doesn't it because I know he had a broken up season because of injuries last year and he's been alright at points this season it's just not when you sign a, a Spanish international for nearly 30 million quid you do sort of expect him to be better than this well that's the thing is that you expect at the price we paid and the age that he was that you're getting a player at his absolute peak and you're thinking well where is that that peak and we just haven't seen it yet, have we? It's just not quite working. I don't know if, it, if it's the demands of the Premier League or the tactical system or whatever. He just doesn't seem to have the engine, does he? I don't know. I mean, speaking of people who are at the peak, Tyler Roberts, let's go, let's oh. go to him. Kit says uh, he just isn't intelligent enough to be a Premier League footballer and also nominates him because it's great seeing Moscow's face when Tyler is mentioned. So sadly, you're not going <laughs> to get that. Um, and Costa Blanca we we can't now separate Tyler Roberts and Moscow he says Tyler Roberts for continuing to exist which is very harsh and Moscow for defending him in fairness to Moscow he does say say you know like he is a limited footballer but it's unfair for singling him out as the one who deserves flack and there's truth in that it's just that he never seems to quite do the good things he's credited him to he's incredibly inoffensive isn't he but I guess that's part of the problem as well it's just like well what are you? I don't really know. So you look at the midfield like Dallas and Click did nothing but 
seem completely incapable and maybe have done several times this season already. And you could argue Tyler Roberts has actually probably done more in the last couple of games to be positive because he does have positive moments, but then completely undoes it by being ponderous on the ball and turning great big circles. And you're willing him to think quicker. And I think that's where the difference between the Premier League and the Championship is. It's in speed of thought. He's another one where he just doesn't have the credit in the bank, does he, to kind of coast on poorer performances. Like there was those two goals at Hull where everyone was like, yes, this is it, this is our new striker. And then, oh, yeah, we've never had it, have we? We've yeah, and then it just never happened again. I think that might be actually sort of the time we'll look back on with the biggest regret with Roberts is that um, the championship running when he, he, there was a chance there for him to really cement his place in the team because Pablo was coming off the bench, but he just didn't do anything. And then we had to bring Pablo on at half time every game. Mm. And you think, well, that's where he could have built up some credit and we might have been a bit more lenient to him then. Get a grown-up on to do the job instead. <laughs> and then I think there's probably further fuel poured onto the fire by the new contract that he got in the summer when a lot of people were saying, well, now's the time to cut him loose, really. And I don't know, it's one of those sliding doors things, isn't it? It's like, if you wanted to then get rid of him now, what's the contract look like? How does that impact getting rid of him in future? I'm not advocating that we should and certainly not release him now because we're pretty threadbare as it is in the squad. But uh, you know what I mean? It's like, there's going to be people pointing to that and saying we made a mistake there. Rafinha, again, feels like a bit of an outrider with this one. But Dan Harding, you remember him? I do. Dan has nominated uh, Rafinha for being too good for getting called up, missing the game. Never had this problem with Adrian. Correct. And he also um, picks out Phil Hay for bringing out the Bielsa book because it's fallen apart since he released it. And he describes Phil as a selfish twat. That's perfectly fair. Ian Danter, TalkSport. Um, what's he done? Um, he covers Leeds... This is from uh, Daniel Daniel Barthorpe. Says covers Leeds all the fucking time and has done since the Championship days. Yet still hasn't twigged about how Leeds play against two up front. This is something that often comes out on when we're on TV yeah. and stuff. People are going, "Oh, and so and so will play in midfield." It's going to be in the holding. Yeah, no, 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 won't be. I'll, I'll say I'll be able to change his tactics today mm. as if it was like the first time he'd ever done it. And it's like, no, this is this is every time he does this. The other thing that gets me about this is, and I, and I don't expect all commentators and analysts and whatever to have the same level of knowledge of tactics and whatever that we do. Of course. As, as people who see it every every week, I meant, uh, and, and know that. You, you, know did, that. you did describe Dallas as playing in midfield uh, a minute ago and he was he was at fullback weekend. Well, you know what I mean, in that, in that general area. Um, but uh, in fairness. So what I'm saying is, but why don't these people see what's happening in front of them and see three at the back and mm. then see three sat in front of them? They don't, do they? Blind. Blind to the truth. Um, speaking of three at the back, yeah, Paul picked it out. Who else have we got? That covers it, doesn't it? Apart from uh, international breaks and FIFA, yeah, it's, that's one of Phil's big bugbears. Actually, he mentions it a fair bit on the on the Phil Hay show, saying that like they're trying to squeeze too much in, like three games in a in a window is too much, I and mean, because they've got to obviously make up for lost time with COVID and all that, I guess, haven't they? Bielsa was right. Just play less games. Mm. There's no need for this much football. You can't even watch it all. There's too much on. Mm. And Hassan Huttle's been singled out for his uh, his demeanour. Well, it was for his. It was for his um, his stupid fucking waistcoat. Yeah, what it was described. I said, "What's happened to him? Because he used to be a, a tracksuit man, didn't he? Don't know. Got ideas above his station, and he now he's looking yeah. for that maybe, bigger job. Maybe he's recently divorced, and he started to put the effort back in. Dress for the dress for the job you want, not the job you've it got. Was, it was sort of the pep look, wasn't it? Because he had the trainers with the trousers as well. Mm. That's not it. No, <laughs> go on then. So, uh, if you had to pick one from all those, who's your who's your Ken Bates villain of the week? Let's give it to Moscow because he's not here. <laughs> Well, normally he'd argue against it, wouldn't he? But can't defend himself. Can't do can it, he? can he? And I think we should just pick on people who, when we see the opportunity. I like lots of League United players, so I don't want it to go to them. And you don't like Moscow, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, or we could just award it to League United for uh, as a you know collective responsibility. They can, they can share it, I guess, can't they? Yeah, have it have it for a day each or something. Yeah, 
seems fair. Like when you get like the, is it a rabbit you share from school or is it a teddy bear these days? I can't remember. Mm, um, yeah. There was definitely a teddy when my kids were younger. There's not been an animal. A, te- a teddy since. is easier to look after than a rabbit. That is true. Or a guinea pig Although it was annoying because you had to like, part of the process, you've had to fill out a bloody diary of what it had been doing. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so then you have to do something Pho- whole- photographs yeah then you have to do something wholesome with the kids you can't just say oh the bear sat and watched Paw Patrol back to back <laughs> for 10 hours while, da- while daddy drank in a corner <laughs> watched, eight, watched 8 hours of Paw Patrol and had fish fingers for two <laughs> yeah don't contact social service <laughs> my kids are well looked after I promise now they're in a new home Right, um, so we're just going to give it to Leeds United then, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Uh, thanks for nothing, swines. Right, the Gitano Baradi Hero of the Week. Let's pick out some positives if we can. Our sponsors of the podcast, Levi's, have been picked out by Aiden. He got his discount off his fees. Great set of lads. I mean, I know that's that's a dreadful commercial. Uh, push, it did, did genuinely come in as feedback. I mean, admittedly, in a fairly um, fallow week. Fallow week, <laughs> yes. I mean, and do know that this stuff does genuinely help us. So. Thanks to Levi's for the support and also for you uh, using them as well. So, um, um, if we're covering off what a, what a fallow week it has been, although isn't it fallow? Don't you leave something fallow on purpose? Uh, fallow field. I think that's like crop rotation stuff. We're getting into farming. We don't need to. Come on, t- tell me you don't know about that as well. <laughs> I just feel, I feel like that's you do a fallow, a fallow field. Let's right. Let's look up. I think I think because I think you have crops in it, and then I think you leave it like, fallow on purpose. Whereas I don't feel like we lost this week on purpose. Anyway, William Shatner's been nominated. <laughs> For going to space at age 90, so that's good. Yeah, uh, fallow is a farming technique in which arable land is left without sowing for one or more vegetative cycles. Uh, the goal of the fallowing is to allow the land to dot, 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 but I think you can, you know. Exactly. So, uh, unless we were saying we basically had a nice rest against Southampton and we're going to be all back on it for or, wolves. Or maybe we should grow vegetables on the pitch at Ellen Road. Possibly. Mm. It is, it's got good drainage now, so. Yeah, it'd be excellent. Get those growing lights on it. Should we give it to William Shatner? <laughs> He's my favourite, I think. Sorry, what's he done? Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was looking up. He, uh, went, he went to space. Right. I mean, not really space. He went quite high up. It's higher than I've been anyway. Um, he looked a bit like Chris Wilder as well in his little uh, his little jumpsuit that he had on. So that was a, a, nice. a fallow period of time is one in which very little happens. Okay. Uh, yeah, not much activity, uh, which is true. Jamie Shackleton got a few nominations. Paul, Luke and Joe just saying did all right, basically. I, I thought that Shackleton was all right, but a couple of people on Twitter were saying no, he was terrible. I thought he was he was the best of a bad bunch. That's not to suggest that he was good objectively, just that he wasn't maybe as bad as the rest. Yeah, I did because I'm I didn't I didn't go back to the people with this because well I, I am petty enough. I think I just got distracted probably, but I did look up some stats that prove he was kind of all right. Mm-hmm. Like he, he did tackle more than most people and did make more forward runs than most people. And, mm. Didn't give the ball away quite as much as yeah, most people. I think he maybe had the fewest moments of half. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Even though there still were some, I thought overall he actually did seem to be trying to push us forward in a way that no one else particularly was. Right. So. I've completely lost where we are on the sheet because I was thinking about farming. So who, okay. who else are we nominating? Uh, well, I mean, Joe Gellart looks like a little rosy-cheeked farm boy, doesn't he? He does. Uh, you he can imagine him uh, scrumping apples, couldn't you? Yeah. Or um, pulling a plough, maybe. Yeah. Isn't that the job of animals, or he's from Liverpool? Maybe he's <laughs> used to that. I don't know. Um, yeah, someone, some people have nominated him. I mean, Costa Blanca says for obvious reasons, but I mean, he didn't do much to do. Well, it's just nice to see him. Just nice to see him, I suppose. Yeah. And Lynn was pleased. His mum, she was delighted. So it was nice to bring joy to the life of his mother, which is good. That's a good thing. 
Uh, Bielsa gets nominations. He got nominated for, for villainy. What's he been nominated for as a hero? Because he would tell you that he was responsible for the team that was put out on Saturday and therefore it's defeat. I mean, Kit says that if, if Bielsa wasn't in charge, he'd be worrying about relegation. But he is, he is, so I'm not. But I think that's not easy your fears, has it, Michael? I would rather keep Bielsa, it is worth saying. Like if we were to change manager now, I would. I think our chances of staying up diminish. So let's just keep him. Well, it's much like the Newcastle quandary though, isn't it? Like who would you put in? And I mean, Frank's available. <laughs> well, Steve Bruce will be available soon. Maybe we're waiting for Bruce. So we can Wait for sack, the right guy to be. So we can sack Bielsa. <laughs> get rid of that guy once and for all. God, perish the thought. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he which, which been... actually reminds me, we should be grateful for what we do have, as as, dif- as difficult as it's been this week. And we have had difficult periods under Bielsa, and we have come through them. Mm-hmm. So can we come through this one soon, please? I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Like we. All we the evidence. The, bit... the evidence suggests we will. We had the bit in the championship, didn't we, where we were throwing it all away, and we'd lost to Forest, and everything was going wrong, and Luke Hailing was going to cry. And then from that point on, we basically just pissed the league after that point. So more of that. Yep, Rafinha got nominated. Anthony said he didn't put a foot wrong in the Southampton game uh, on top of his Brazilian performances. It's a fair point. Yeah, uh, although as we found out in the other half of this, that um, his journey to Brazil has cost us horrifically. I mean, Dan James got some nominations. The only player who seems to really give a shit and chase everything. Uh, And also us. For, for not showing Moscow's phone down his throat. <laughs> <laughs> Have we done Tyler Roberts' hero nomination yet? Roger it, feels like he... Roger is swimming against the tide here somewhat, but, you know, let's do it. Let's be fair. So he did some nice skill touches and seemed to be the only one interested. There's a lot of uh, sympathy nominations in here, it feels like. Rodrigo's got one from Mike from Warwick because uh, he wants to have uh, he wants him to have a run-up front, but we're not exactly helping him, which is one way of looking at it. Oh, of- <laughs> the players, maybe? I don't know. Oh, right, okay. uh, maybe he's not helping himself. Yeah, uh, away fans is the obvious one here. James and Craig both uh, picked out the away fans for for actually making that journey. Uh, absolutely true. And for singing throughout. That's, that is one good thing about being in the away end. Even when it's a terrible game and it's got away from you. And you, you just know, don't you, there are times when actually the football's a distraction from, from your day out. That is one good thing about being in the away end. Whereas watching it on telly, that's another thing about talking about like the hyper-realism of, of the weekend. The Premier League, I think, is quite it's designed to make you miserable, isn't it? It's just a TV product. And when you consume it as a as a TV product, it can make you miserable. Whereas when you're in there, that's the only time it feels real and authentic to me because you can dispense with all the bullshit and the hype and the commentators and the analysts and all the hot takes on Twitter and all that. It's just you and the football team and a shared collective experience. So even if it's shit, you can still have a good time because you're there with your mates. And you can yell at them for the shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the other thing you can't do. Well, you can do it. We've seen... Propaganda every week is just people yelling at a telly, isn't it? But yeah. Um, yeah, it's better to do it in person, I think. Take all your get off get off technology and go shout at people in real life. That's what I say. Do it in the street. <laughs> that's yeah. that's healthy. <laughs> uh, right, go on then. Who else have we got that we've uh, we're not covered off? And I'm leaning on you for this because again, I got distracted by farming, so I've forgotten who we've done. <laughs> I mean, Farshaw gets a nomination from um, Peter Andre from Sydney. I'm, I'm sure I'm assuming it's Peter Andre. Mm. Um, it wasn't a great appearance, but it'd be churlish not to feel happy for him retaking the field in a league match after two years out. Yeah, this was yeah. lost in the general dumpster fire of the match. Well, yeah. Fair point. But he, he was part of the dumpster fire, wasn't he? <laughs> That's the problem. There's a nice positive nomination from Carl for the youngsters. Uh, they just aren't ready yet and they look away off Premier League level at the minute. So that's a nice well done, lads. note. <laughs> so they've made our first team as look better. I'll really lift your spirits, lads. <laughs> Is that everyone? Steve Bruce got a nomination. Steve Bruce did get a nomination um, 
for coaching Luke Newcastle like they were protecting an aggregate lead instead of throwing caution to the wind and coaching for his life, thus keeping us out of the bottom three. Yes. Is that it then? Yeah. yeah. Right. Hero. William Shatner? Let's give it to Shatner. What did he do again? He went, went to space. space. Went to space. I mean, has that brought joy to us as Leeds fans over the last week? It feels very, very left field. I mean, who else are we going to give it to? I can't give I can't give it to Rafinha, even though he's got quite a lot of nominations, because he caused part of this by being good and going to Brazil. Yeah, I suppose the difficulty there is, it's like when you saw Fabian Delph come through, and you were like, oh, we're probably not going to get to keep him. But then you get a slightly, you need a, you need a balance, don't you? You can be quite good, but not, like Jack Harrison, we're probably going to get to keep him. Jack Harrison's like the Alex Mowat of this of this team, where you'd be like, well... Alex some... Mowat, who we kept. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but but we got rid of him when, when we chose. I mean, he wasn't taken from us yes. in the same way. It was like, well, we'll keep him as long as we want him. Some people suggesting he should come back. I'm sure he'd thrive under <laughs> the demands of Bielsaball. He's a midfielder. I actually would take him. Right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. I don't care if he if he can only play 20 minutes. He can, he can run his little Doncaster heart out for 20 minutes until it fails on him. Shatner then, is it? Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say any of the others have brought me any joy in Shatner's nomination here did make me smile. Did it? it? I mean, it was better than the football, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. All right, hold on, Shatner. What a hero you are. We'll now find out he's done something, something terrible. The news will break, <laughs> won't it, after, after we've recorded this. Well, that wraps it up, I guess, for this week. Christ, please can next week be happier and just give us something to cling on to. It's awful when there's nothing to cling on to, isn't it? We've lost loads of games last season and we were never like this, were we? I don't, know what's, I don't quite know what's gone wrong. Mm. I'm sorry, everyone. Thing is, if we're not neg- if we if we're positive, a lot of people say we're not negative enough, and if we're negative, a lot of people say we're not being positive enough. Maybe we so. should just, just shut it all down. <laughs> <laughs> the whole silly enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> That's Michael damaging the things we've bought in here, <laughs> which are all for sale now. By the way, if you're interested, <laughs> look, we've we've done the bloodletting now. We've done the upset. We've done the crying, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth. It ends in this this podcast. Never again this season. Will we be sad or upset at what Leeds United do ever? Is that agreed? Mm. No. See you Saturday, one way or another. <laughs> yeah, match ball on Saturday. We will reconvene for that. And uh, if, if you do want some light relief, actually, check out and you're a subscriber. Check out the extra ball Q and A because there's some fun stuff on that. Actually, no, it's not that. It's not really about football. Exactly, which is which is why it's good. So um, go check out that if you want to subscribe as well. The squareball.net forward slash plus. So have a look at TSB Plus, then our all-in-one sub package where you can support this misery and hopefully make us smile again in future weeks. Till next time. (laughs) (laughs) Till next time. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. 